147 together. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Glory be to God and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, as your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, ascended into the heavens, so may we also ascend in heart and mind and continually dwell there with him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading from the Ascension texts is Acts 1, 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dwelt with all, or dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when He had said these things, as they were looking on, He was lifted up, and a cloud took Him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as He went, behold, Two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. And our epistle reading from the letter to the Ephesians, also a sermon text for the evening. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you 
What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he, uh, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise as you are so able in honor of the gospel. From Luke's gospel in the 24th chapter. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for gathering us together around your word, around your gifts, as you give to us of your promises in Christ, that we would hear of the life that you have for us in him, the forgiveness you have for us in him, and the work you do by your Holy Spirit to hold on to us and and Set us on that foundation of forgiveness. We pray that you would move by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us rest in those promises given to us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. I've always loved the opportunity to go on road trips and hear me talk about them every so often. And I started to think through these ascension texts and how Paul was writing to this fledgling little church in Ephesus and how he was amazed at their life and amazed at their faith and amazed once again on how God had worked by his spirit to brighten their hearts and enlighten their hearts. I mean, hearts that could see. So I started to think about how road trips happen. Usually you have a beginning and an end, kind of how they go. You start at a location and you're going to a destination. You have a route to go through the middle. And I've driven some routes over and over, and I've realized that there's different ways in which those routes are experienced. Now, everybody in the car may be exactly the same. You may even be in the exact same car. Yet, if you're to drive that route at night, you really don't get to see a whole lot. You might see vague shapes of mountains in the distance. There might be lights somewhere off 
on the horizon for a city. You might see headlights coming at you, depending upon what time of night you're driving. And you just kind of wonder, really, what all is around. You have a vague sense of what's out there, but you really don't get to see much detail. And it doesn't change the fact that you started at a place, you're ending at a place, and there's a route in the middle that you got to go across. You see, trips in the daytime are a little different. Trips in the daytime, same location, same destination, same route, same car, yet you actually get to see a lot of things. You can see the beautiful mountains in the distance. You can see the foliage growing along the roadsides. You can see the different types of cars that are coming. You can see the crazy drivers a little bit more easily. You can see all kinds of stuff. You see signs and landmarks, and you drive enough far into the Midwest, and you see large versions of things because there's nothing else to do out there, I think, than build large versions of things like bottles of ketchup, dinosaurs, and Van Gogh paintings. But you get to actually see stuff, eyes that get to see light. You have all the details that go along. Life isn't really all that much different. We're born, we're die. There's a location and a destination. There's a route in the middle that none of us really get to know what the path is like, yet we generally start in infancy and grow through our teen years and go through the middle years and then get into our later years and then there's a time at which we say goodbye to everybody. And that's kind of the route. But there's so many people that walk that route in darkness, covered in sin because that's who we are outside of Christ, born in sin, carrying original sin from Adam and Eve, handed down from generation to generation, this curse and this guilt of the weight of the wrath of God weighing upon us, knowing that we are not holy before God. Yet, how many times do we want to sit in the darkness, turn a blind eye to that, and just kind of run our route? See, For those that are outside Christ, for those that are outside church, so not you all, but so many folks in life walk that very route with darkness. I mean, they think they know what joy is, and they think they know what peace is, and they think they know what it is to have friends around, yet that road in the darkness can feel pretty lonely when you come down to it. I mean, even driving the routes in the darkness starts to get pretty lonely when you don't get to see everybody around. That's where Ephesus was before they had heard the gospel. Before this little church had heard the gospel, they were wrapped up in all of the cultural things of the day and age, and they were just buried underneath the guilt of the weight of the burden of the wrath of God. A dark road, really. And so Paul writes to them, and he says, I continually give thanks to God for you, and I'm never stopping praying for you, because God has worked to bring you the gospel so that you would know what it is to have the eyes of your hearts enlightened to be able to see his work. That starts to beg the question, how does God work? And how do we see it? You see, with those hearts that are able to see God at work, we don't get to physically see Jesus walking around in the flesh anymore as the disciples did. Nor did Paul, really, except for that one moment where he was blinded by the light on the road to Emmaus. He really didn't even get to see Jesus in the body. Neither did any of the folks at Ephesus, and as far as I know, neither have any of you. I certainly haven't. 
Yet we still know that God is working. That God is working through everything that Christ had done and that Christ is still present with his people. And we know this because he promised to be. He said, I will be with you until the end of the age. I will remain with you. We just don't get to necessarily see him with our eyes, but we do get to see him with our hearts. And this is where that route of a Christian, though it starts in the same place at birth and it ends at the same place at death one day that actually doesn't have victory over us anymore, but that route then is more like driving it in the daytime because you actually get to see how God works through the joys of Christian brothers and sisters, and you get to see the smiles on their faces when they speak peace into your life, when they remind you of the forgiveness of sins that Christ won for you. And when you are downtrodden and weighed down either by sin or suffering or trials or sickness or all the things in life that want to bring us back into the darkness of a road that we don't want to travel alone, they stand right next to you and say, let me speak a little light. Let me remind you who Jesus is. Let me speak his words of peace and forgiveness back into your ears so that you would be reminded again of a God who loves you. See, even now, we don't have that fully bright path. Really, ever since baptism, it's like driving a road where the sun is rising. So long as you're not driving east and blinded by it, it's a nice drive. Because it starts and things are a little bit hazy. But as that sun just starts to come up over the horizon, and as it rises a little bit higher, you start to see all of the beautiful colors of the sky. You start to see all of the landscape open up. You start to see everything come into being that you couldn't see as you were driving in the dark. That's your life as a Christian. That's your life as one who is growing in that faith from the day of baptism until the day you die, continually going as that light continues to get brighter and brighter. Eyes of your hearts enlightened and brightened more and more every single year as you continue to hear those words of God preached into your ears of love and peace and forgiveness won for you in Christ. And we don't get to see him with our eyes right now. But we do get to see him with our hearts, opened up by the Holy Spirit, to trust with faith and belief that is a God-given faith, to know that Jesus is present exactly where he promises to be, and that God works in exactly the ways he promises to, through his living and active word that does stuff when you hear it, and through the bread and wine of communion where Jesus promises to be in the flesh and blood for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, for the strengthening of your faith. And it doesn't make sense with our eyes. But it makes sense right here. Because that's what God changes. It's right here. Hearts brightened, enlightened, and open to be able to see his work done for you. Whether it's in this space, whether it's that friend that calls up right when you needed a word, whether it's that grandchild kneeling next to you at a hospital bed, Whatever the case is, you can see God working through his church for the benefit of his people. It's such a beautiful sight to see when that much light is going on. And as the days go on and the journey gets longer and we get closer and closer to that destination of life where we no longer take our breath here, but we breathe with Christ. Oh, how much light there will be then. 
eyes being able to behold the very Son of God in the flesh, being able to spend time right in the presence of God with all of our brothers and sisters who have gone before us in Christ, and to live in the middle of that destination, no longer on a journey, but there with God himself, as he comes to bring creation back into his presence in a real and tangible way. So that it won't take faith anymore and it won't take hope anymore, as Paul writes in Corinthians. But love will remain. God's love for you in Jesus. Amen. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to gather yours together into your presence. And in this time where we don't get to see you with our eyes, we thank you for your word. The words of all those who did see the Son with their eyes, who were witnesses to his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, where he was caught up into your glory. We pray that you would give us hearts that continue to be enlightened by your Holy Spirit, to rest in the faith that you have given us in baptism, and to know that your words will last forever, and your steadfast love will endure as you never let go of us, but continually bring your light into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to rise.